And in studio with us here this morning, we're very glad to have Sheriff Shane Nelson in the stress list today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Frank. Good to see you. Um, it's uh, been icy roads and all sorts of things to deal with this morning, so we're just getting into that, that time of year. Any advice for drivers? Yes. Plan to take extra time. I mean, just plan an extra 10 or 15 minutes. It's going to save you a tremendous amount of grief and possibly some property damage and uh, and save you from injury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we ran a big story yesterday, and it's it's been all over the news about a former deputy, now retired, but who's been brought up on charges after a long investigation. Can you give us some background on that? Uh, yes, I think... Uh, uh, the important thing that I, I want my bosses, our community members to know is, is whenever there's an incident like that, we immediately uh, cooperate with any investigation and ask for those things to be investigated. And we also do our own administrative investigation to check the personnel side of it, which is what we did in this case. Um, Deputy Brown chose to, uh, he, he chose to retire. He was eligible. So he retired at the end of September. And uh, therefore, since he's not uh, an employee of ours any longer, we stop any administrative investigative action. But I just, but hopefully, uh, my actions and our office's actions lets our community members know that we can't prevent human beings from from making mistakes or or having criminal allegations. But uh, if we do find out about it, we're going to take care of business and take any necessary personnel action. Okay, district attorney seems to be. Uh... Uh, vocal about this particular case and uh, uh, the investigation by state police is now proceeding apparently. Uh, yes, the 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 uh, last information I received is that they're moving forward with charges on that and and um, that was based on the state police investigation and we appreciate them doing the investigation. They've been good partners to us. Um, let's talk about uh, a program that you've actually been doing for some time in rounding up uh, domestic violence offenders? Uh, yes. So that was the, the brainchild of retired Sheriff Craig Roberts from Clackamas County Sheriff's Office. He came up with that as a, a detective because he handled a lot of uh, domestic violence cases and, and specialized in that area. But what he did was uh, he wanted uh, regional, local, and nationwide uh, roundups of, of domestic violence-related arrest warrants. And um, Sheriff Roberts would go around the state and just kind of educate uh, law enforcement agencies on this. But we've been doing it every year with our local partners here to include pro and probation and going out and trying to round up uh, domestic violence related arrest warrants, which would include assault, harassment, menacing. And um, we uh, this year we tried 90 warrants and five uh, people were taken into custody on that. So it's nice to be able to get proactive uh, in some of those scenarios and join up with law enforcement agencies across the nation and, and go out and try and serve those warrants. Wow, 90. Yes, that's a, that's a lot of warrants, but that's a lot of partners helping us helping us out, Frank, and, and, and go and knock on a lot of doors and see if we can find some people. <laughs> well, apparently you did. So uh, congratulations on, on that. Uh, and that's something that is, is that done on an annual basis? Yes, that's an annual basis uh, this time every year. And they then, of course, they're just generating more and more interest from law enforcement agencies. And, and so there's a, a high volume of participation. Okay. We're talking to Sheriff Shane Nelson uh, here, Deschutes County Sheriff, on KBND's Morning News. The um, measures with the election coming up in less than two weeks, uh, a couple of ballot measures there that uh, I would imagine will affect 
your office and perhaps the way you do your jobs. But first of all, uh, Measure 114, tell us what that is and and what your opinion on that is. Uh, In a nutshell, Measure 114 is a a ballot measure that has to do with um, magazine capacity and then needing to get a permit to purchase a firearm. And there's some uh, different qualifications they have in there in order to get that permit, live fire training, uh, background check, and they apply for that permit through local law enforcement agencies. And of course, the always election season, Frank, and you know I've got plenty of opinions, and I base all those opinions on public safety. I'm a nonpartisan office, so when I look at ballot measures, I look at the effects on public safety and what makes the most sense. And uh, I oppose uh, ballot measure 114 because to me it doesn't get to the root of the problem. When you talk about individuals who are committing mass murder, mass violence, and, and I think it's important for us to remember that that yes, there is a lot of firearm violence, but when I talk about getting to the root of the problem, I mean, we have uh, one murderer who, who rented a truck and drove down a, a crowded bike path and killed eight people in, in, I believe, 2017 in New York City. So we've really got to get to the root of the problem, which is mental health. But what Measure 114 would do um, just on, on face value is there'd probably be some Second Amendment implications and some court challenges afterward. But um, it asks local budgets, law enforcement budgets, to take on a burden of issuing permits for people who want to buy firearms. It's a duplicate process. Right now, when folks buy firearms, they already have a background check. And I think the last time I heard, excuse me, a couple of weeks ago, there's a 3,000-person waiting list on that background check. And, and so it is, it's, a, it's a good process. Um, we have good state laws on the books that can hold people accountable who commit crimes with firearms. And, uh, and I think it's just important at the end of the day to, to remember, listen, I, I understand it. Not everybody needs to be around a firearm all the time. That's why we have laws on the books that prevent domestic abusers or, or felons from, from being around firearms. Um, we have a program called Safe Gun Storage at our office. So if uh, an individual doesn't feel like they want to be around their firearm or they don't feel like their firearm can be safely secured, uh, maybe they're having family over, Come log your, your gun in with us and then let us know when you want to come pick it up and you can have it back. So I think there's a real balance there. Um, I always tell people, yeah, we have, we have a lot of rights and we have a lot of freedoms and, and that um, requires a lot of responsibility from us as, as individuals and citizens. But sometimes you can't have the freedom of speech and the right to bear arms at the same time. Because if you're making statements like, hey, I'm going to kill someone or I'm going to shoot up a school or um, I understand the courts have found that that uh, some of that can be free speech. But I think as a society, we've got to start looking at, you know, really what was the intention of free speech uh, and, and some of those things, because we want to make sure we get to protect all our rights and all our freedoms. And, and uh, we just need to be mindful of it. All right. Now, Measure 112, yeah, explain what that is and what impact it might have on your department. Uh, so measure 112, uh, which I am absolutely against slavery and servitude of, of any form, and I don't think you'd, you'd find uh, many individuals who weren't against it. But I think the unintended consequence that a lot of folks don't realize about Measure 112 is that it affects inmate work programs within correctional facilities. Um, I will tell you right now, uh, I don't know if anybody who uh, supported Measure 112 went and interviewed anybody who's been in custody or ever had an opportunity to work in an an inmate work program. 
um, or be a part of those programs, but they do a lot of good for a lot of individuals. I think that a number of our community members have seen our our work crews out picking up litter or covering up graffiti or or doing snow removal. That is something they do for the community. Um, they do it because they appreciate giving back to the community. They do it because they take pride in their work. And a lot of times they can earn some credit on a sentence, which I'm a complete supporter of. But I would never want to see those programs uh, go away as the result of, of a, a ballot measure. Um, you, you know, just a, a little bit more on that is I always tell folks, I say, hey, I want to be able to find accurate information on candidates who are running for office and ballot measures, the actual factual information. The problem is, Frank, I don't exactly know where to send people to find that information because everybody always seems to have a dog in the fight and everybody always seems to want to present their perception of, of what's going on. Um, back to Measure 114 just a little bit. There is a nonprofit program, Prevent Mass uh, Shootings Now. It talks about these individuals who have mental health issues, who are suicidal before they're homicidal. And we really need a system where that information can be reported to somebody other than law enforcement. Remember, we're in a society today where uh, mass media and politicians have, have uh, made the perception that you, no one can ever make a mistake, no matter how old you were. And, and it's going to, you know, it's going to come back to haunt you. So we've just got to get a system where we can get that information flowing freely and, and take care of some of those things. Sheriff Shane Nelson, Deschutes County. Shane, always great to see you. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. 